Welcome to the Every Believer Witness Podcast. This is Evan Finch, and I'm glad you have joined us today. I believe you'll be blessed as Dennis shares, I'm saved, but I'm not happy. Are you on your way to heaven, but the journey is not very pleasant? Thank you for joining us again as we continue our study of how to actually enjoy being a Christian. We've been spending time in 1 John chapter 1 and looking at the absolute necessity, if we're going to actually enjoy being a Christian, of dealing with sin in our lives immediately. Last week, we looked at the fact that we have to deal with sin in our life immediately because sin disrupts our fellowship, disrupts our fellowship with one another, our fellowship with God. And if I'm not getting along with my spouse or I'm not getting along with my children, certainly if I'm not getting along with God, I'm not going to have a lot of joy in my life. Uh, That fellowship is going to not allow me to actually enjoy being a Christian. I want to zero in on that fact today as we continue in 1 John. And I want us to notice We have to deal with sin immediately because sin destroys our joy. Now, it's interesting. Notice what verse 4 says. We write this to make some translations say our joy, some translations your joy. But the fact is, sin is a joy killer. Now, it's important to note before we start that technically there's a difference between joy and happiness. Um, Happiness generally is defined as being dependent upon our circumstances. So if circumstances are happening good, I'm happy. But if circumstances are happening bad, I'm unhappy. Whereas joy is an inner happiness that's not dependent upon our circumstances. So I can be having real struggles in my life, uh, hardships, persecution, and still have joy. And and this is really, technically, there is a distinction, but it's interesting that the Bible uses joy and happiness kind of interchangeably, really. Um, And so I've been convinced, by the way, for a long time that every person on the planet, if you just get down to the bottom line, all they really want to do is be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. That's why they do the things they do. Some people think happiness will be found in a person or a pleasure or a place or a possession or a position or something like that. And so whatever it is that I think or you think or people think is going to make them happy, that's what they will do. I'm convinced of that. I have a second belief about happiness and joy And that is believers ought to be the happiest, most joy-filled people in all the world. But sad, sad to say, so many Christians are not experiencing the joy that God wants us to have. Uh, We moved back to North Carolina a few years ago from Georgia, and a church near us uh, called a new pastor. And I was watching a a video of their service, and he hadn't been there very long. He said, you know, uh, I noticed that most of y'all in here this morning are just not very happy. And there's a little pause. He said, you know how I know that? Because I'm looking at your faces. And you remember, the Bible says, joy on the inside manifests itself in a cheerful countenance. My face, your face, are like flashing neon signs. Doesn't make any difference what I tell people um, how I'm doing. It's 
my face will manifest how I am doing. And Jesus said, I've come, not only we could have eternal life, but that we could have abundant life, have it to the full. Uh, on his last night, he said, I want your joy to be complete. Uh, and, and this is what John wrote. He says, we're writing about our encounter with Jesus, and we're telling you this, and we're you got to be confessing your sins, but we're doing this to make your joy complete. Do you remember the story in the Bible of David? When he started out, oh, he was such a wonderful, godly king. But along the way, he ended up committing adultery with Bathsheba. And she got pregnant. And to cover up his affair, his adultery, he ordered her husband to be killed. He was in the army. He told the commanders, put him up front where the battles of, is the fear, most fierce and then withdraw and, and, and let him die. And they did that. And so her husband's killed. David marries Bathsheba. They have a baby. Everything's just looking good for about a year. And then God sent the prophet Nathan to him. And he used a story to, to show David that he had sinned and what he had done. And when Nathan confronts him, the Bible simply says, David said, I have sinned against the Lord. But later on, when David wrote the book of the Psalms and so many of the books, uh, so many of the chapters in Psalms, so many of the Psalms, he talked about what was going on on the inside during that year when everything looked good on the outside. And, and here's some of the things that he said. In, in Psalm 51.8, he said, Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. He's confessing his sin in more detail. He's saying, man, I didn't have any joy. My joy, my gladness was gone. Uh, I, I want to rejoice. He felt like he was just under even physical pressure here. Later on, he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You see, when a person really comes into a relationship with the God of the universe. When we realize Jesus did die for my sins on the cross, when we come to believe that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and not if we just believe that, but if we're ready to turn from our sin and ourself, the Bible uses the word repent, uh, and, and turn from running our own life, and we trust Jesus as our forgiver, our savior, but also as our Lord. When he does that and our sins forgiven, I tell you, oh, happy day, oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. We, we get a joy that we didn't have before that. And yet, that's not a permanent joy if we begin to sin as David did. And so David said, restore to me the joy. See, sin destroys my joy and your joy. I was pastoring in Georgia. And one day, uh, my ministry assistant came to my office and said, uh, uh, Dennis, uh, Rita wants to see you. And uh, I said, okay. And so she came into my office and sat down. We left the door open. I have a window in the door anyway, but left, left the door open. And Rita explained to me she was going to leave her husband and their three children for another man. And, and as we talked, she explained to me, and it became clear to me, she thought that would make her happy. In fact, I believe she made the statement, God just wants me to be happy. 
And the fact is, God did want her to be happy, but the way to happiness is holiness for a child of God. Sadly, in 2022, thousands of women will leave their husbands for another man because they think that'll make them happy. Thousands of, of men will commit adultery because they think that'll make them happy. Thousands of Christian young people will smoke their first dope or have their first drugs or their first sexual encounter or whatever it is because they think that'll make them happy. However, in the Bible, it's so clear that for a child of God, happiness depends upon holiness. So when I hear people say, oh, God just wants me to be happy, I say, oh, he sure does. And you know the way to be happy? For a child of God is to be holy. Jesus actually said it this way. He was talking to his disciples. He said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed. You will be happy if you do them. So for a child of God, joy, happiness is contingent on the two things. You have to know. And the fact is, most of the time when it comes to sin, I know what it is. Most of the time when it comes to sin, you know what it is. And if we know that, and I know what God wants me to do, not sin, but to live for him, and when I do sin, confess it, then I'll be happy, you'll be happy if you do them. I was pastoring a church in Guilford College outside Greensboro. And a young couple began visiting our church. They had three children and just very likable, pleasant people. And uh, one Sunday as he left, I just said to him as he left, I'd love to come by and visit with you sometime and talk to you more about the church. And they said, that'd be great. We set it up. I'd go over to the house on a Thursday evening. And so that Thursday evening, I showed up and they were running just a little late. They were washing dishes and they just sent the children off to do their homework. And I sat in the living room and talked to them a little bit. And then they were finished. They came. We sat down. And uh, I said, uh, Ken, tell me about yourself. And, and he began to tell me about how he'd grown up. Uh, but he wasn't a follower of Jesus in his, in his young years. And he, he joined the army. He was stationed in Germany. And he said, there was this chaplain who kept talking to me about Jesus. And I didn't want to hear it. Uh, I'd stand out in the street and, and in the middle of the night drunk and shake my fist and curse him. But he didn't stop loving me. He didn't stop caring for me. And finally, the Holy Spirit of God broke through and I trusted Jesus as my Savior. Um, and he said, it was wonderful for a little while. And I, I began to kind of sense God wanted me to be a preacher. And I was really struggling with this. And finally one day, and on, on the town there in Germany, I says, God, if you want me to be a preacher, you have somebody invite me to preach in their church this week. And he said, I had not gotten the words out of my mouth before another soldier came up and said, Ken, our pastor's going to be out of town this coming Sunday, and he would like for you to preach. So Ken went and preached. He said, I got out of the army and I moved to South Carolina. And he said, I was still struggling with this, this preach thing. He said, I went to church one night and he said, I was on the back row 
And he said, the pastor was preaching about God's looking for a man. And he said, it's like his finger was pointing straight at me. And he said, I knew that God was speaking to me about being a preacher. And I said, uh, Ken, but you're not a preacher yet. He said, no. I said, Ken, I know something about you. You're a very successful businessman. Your company's moved you up here. He bought about six acres of land, building a custom home. I said, you, you, you're building a nice custom home on a beautiful piece of land. You have a, a wonderful wife and family. I said, but I know something about you, Ken. I said, inside, you're miserable, aren't you? And he just burst out crying, and his wife started crying too. I said, because, Ken, God has called you to do something, and you refuse to do it, and that's sin for you, and you can't have joy in the Christian life. You do want to be happy, don't you? You do want to have joy, don't you? I do. I believe you do. Remember this week, when you sin, you have to deal with your sin. You have to confess your sins to God immediately because sin destroys your joy. That's not all that sin does. Join us next week as we continue our study in 1 John about the importance of dealing with sin in your life immediately. God bless. If these podcasts are a blessing and encouragement to you, would you pray about becoming a monthly partner with Every Believer a Witness? We want to increase the number of podcasts we do, as well as reach more and more believers. You can make your tax-deductible gift on our website. Thank you.